Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Green Couch. This episode is taken from our sleep webinar series where we're going over the sleep cycles. This is our second installment in the series, and it's led by, well, me. So I hope you enjoy. If you have any questions or need the accompanying notes or slides, please let us know. Enjoy. Welcome to today's uh, newest installment to the sleep webinar series, Sleep Cycles. Okay. So we're going to be going over the benefits of completing the cycles, what stages are comprised of the cycles, and more details about what's going on inside of the body during these uh, stages and cycles. So you hopefully are well rested because you have been following what Brooke, the Brooke, uh, what tips Brooke has been giving you um, from the previous uh, sleep webinar series. If you haven't gone over that or if you haven't watched that, there is a QR code there for you. You can scan that. It will bring us bring you to our YouTube page where you can watch uh, her presentation on sleep routine. So I really recommend watching this one. Uh, it'll set you up very nicely for, for uh, improving your sleep quality. She goes over the purpose of sleep, how much we need, setting a routine, consequences of not getting enough of it, and healthy habits. So go ahead and scan that QR code and uh and get get to that all right and if you want well, i'll go back to it at the end of it so in case you didn't grab it we'll have it for you so sleep cycles what's the purpose and what are the benefits of completing them so these two these uh purposes are, are pretty straightforward uh getting into a routine can help decrease time spent falling asleep and it can make getting up easier so these are actually uh, due to some hormones that are involved, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But the more you get into a routine, the easier these two um, these two things will be will be to uh, perform. So it'll be easier to get up, and it'll be easier to fall asleep. These stages will become more uniform the more you go throughout the cycle and complete these cycles. So the thing, like when you go to bed at a certain time and wake up at a certain time, if you repeat that more and more, those cycles become more uniform will repeat the same, closer to the same way as they've repeated prior. Um, and it creates a more stable system inside the body. So what happens if you get off the circadian rhythm or internal clock that we have? Um, sleep problems are gonna occur, as I'm, I'm sure you are aware. Um, following a rhythm and, or breaking off your rhythm can actually throw off your sleep cycles. Uh, at base value, the best example I can give you is when you stay up later one night compared to a normal routine, the next night it will be tougher for you to fall asleep at your normal time. This is especially true when you increase the amount of times you do this. So the more times a week you, you throw off your routine, the harder it will be to return to that normal uh, schedule. Most notably for many of you here on the weekends, you may notice you stay up later and wake up later than your work routine. Uh, some of you say like you're trying to catch up on sleep, which I get, I, I do it too sometimes, but you may notice Mondays are especially tough for you because you feel extra tired. And it's probably not the dread of the workload that's just causing that by itself. Um, it's because you're outside of that routine. If you were to be in that routine uh, and keeping with that routine throughout the weekend, you'd feel more refreshed uh, that Monday. So if you need to adjust your, your schedule, if you know in advance that you need to adjust your cycle or your schedule, you can do so in 30 to 60 minute uh, increments. So what you could do is one night, move it back by 30 minutes, do that instead of just making jumps, instead of going from like 
10 a.m. to midnight kind of thing. So make it smaller intervals. Um, can affect your metabolism. So this is a pretty interesting one that was covered by Brooks' presentation. But to recap and give a little bit more in-depth information on it, two things are occurring. One, throwing off your cycle or routine will cause you to look for more energy. And I know where we're going to look for energy, right? We're going to look for energy in food. So we're going to be snacking throughout the day to keep our energy up. And we're going to be snacking on things that probably aren't the best to be snacking on. They're not going to be the, the best energy we can give ourselves. It'll be easy foods, uh, especially if you go home at the end of the day, you're looking for something that's really quick and easy instead of you know making yourself a meal you're going to pick some foods that probably higher in calories higher caloric de density um, and not something that you have prepared yourself probably the second part of this is you have two hormones that are going on there are two hormones that we want to focus on it's called leptin and ghrelin which some of you may have heard of before uh, ghrelin is the hormone that tells you that you are hungry and leptin tells you when you are full Ghrelin, in this case, is increased and leptin is decreased, making kind of a nasty combo where you're feeling hungry and not so much full. Lastly, on the hormone, um, on the hormone side, uh, not covering the metabolic side, but in the immune system, uh, there are immune defenses that are in place and released when you sleep, and those are called cytokines. When you get less sleep, you get less of these proteins and you may be asking, why is it sleep dependent? Well, like melatonin, increases in cytokines help promote sleep. And it's been shown that the deeper you get into your stages, which we're going to be going over in just a second, it shows an increase in those cytokines, which are going to be uh, huge in fighting infection or helping with that recovery process. So really, really big to follow the, your schedule and continue to complete your cycles. So. What are cycles? What, what, what comprise the cycles? We have four stages. And stage one through three are considered non-REM. The fourth stage is considered REM. Um, and if you don't know what REM means, it means rapid eye movement, which to me is the probably most scientific thing I've ever heard. Um, it's kind of lazy on their approach to just name it one through three and then REM, but no big deal. So rapid eye movement is the last stage. Stage one kicks it all off. Stage one lasts about two to five minutes. It's this initial stage where you are from awake to sleep. Pretty basic here. That's why it's the shortest stage. You're going to notice that your brain waves start to slow down. Well, you won't notice it, but brain waves start to slow down uh, and muscles are going to twitch a little bit. You'll have spikes in muscle activity, which you, you may notice if you have a significant other and they're just starting to fall asleep you'll see them kind of twitch. That's totally normal. That's part of stage one. Going into stage two, I like to name this one the pre-game sleep. Uh, this is when your body is showing more signs of reaching that deeper sleep stage. Uh, it prepares your body for that deep sleep stage. And you'll notice it shares similar, um, uh, it sh it show it's kind of similar to stage one. It just shows a little bit more further along. Um, you're still going to be marked by spikes in electrical activity, which again, stimulate the muscle contraction. Stage three is one of the most important stages of your sleep cycles. It doesn't get a lot of credit. I feel like REM gets a lot of credit. Stage three um, is the stage where you'll see the most benefit in feeling refreshed and ready in the morning. 
And this is considered your deep sleep stage or deep sleep state. Um, at this state, brain waves are slowed, muscles are more relaxed, and further decreases in heart rate are shown. Um, and finally, REM, you know, rapid eye movement. Like the name implies, it's marked by rapid eye movement. But the interesting thing here is that muscles are paralyzed other than the eye movement. And there's a reason for this, because REM has been shown to have your most vivid dreams. You can have dreams in any of the other stages, but REM is going to be your most vivid dreams, which we'll be getting into in a second. So what should we take from this? What, what, what are the benefits of, of knowing this? Well, the deeper you get into your sleep, you're going to encounter stage three in REM. And those two have been shown when not spent adequate time in them to impact your thinking, thought process, emotions, which kind of go hand in hand, and physical health. So they're very important to, to your sleep schedule. You know, if you're just getting through one and two and waking up, you're not getting the, the total benefits of your sleep. And a little fun fact, two fun facts, stage one and two, uh, stages one and two, they are the easiest to be woken up from. So stage three and REM are, are a lot more difficult to wake up during. Um, the second is blue light can actually decrease the amount of time spent in stage three and REM, the most beneficial parts of your sleep, of your sleep cycle. So I would recommend keeping those phones and tablets away, as Brooke has mentioned before. Moving on, we're going to talk more about what's going on in the body um, during these stages. And something you may have heard of before is melatonin. Uh, melatonin is naturally produced in the pineal gland. It's what helps you fall asleep. It helps you, it's one of the main factors that helps you follow that circadian rhythm. It is the, the process that uh, is due to light differences. So uh, a good way of thinking of this is sunset versus sunrise. Melatonin, mel melatonin is going to increase uh, closer to the end of sunset. So when, when the light starts to decrease in the area, um, this is how your body kind of knows when it's supposed to fall asleep. So following that rhythm of sunrise and sunset is what your body naturally goes for. Um, during sunrise, you'll see a rise in cortisol, sunset, rise in melatonin. We'll get into the cortisol in a second. Uh, but it's just good to note that melatonin and cortisol have an interesting relationship. Uh, anabolic hormones are increased during this, this, uh, this sleep cycle. So anabolic hormones, uh, HGH or somatotropin, um, and which is called human growth hormone are increased as well as testosterone. Uh, I know those are really big words, um, but the main thing to take away from them are, is they're going to help you with recovery and growth. So you want to think of uh, if you're exercising, this is one of the most important benefits of your sleep is this anabolic process, this building process. So don't lose that on your sleep if you're trying to meet your exercise goals. Um, cortisol. So we talked about this with melatonin and a couple other things. Cortisol increases closer to when you wake up. So you'll see it marked in the second half, closer to the time you wake up. And these, these, this is your stress hormone. So it helps you get to that waking point. And it's shown that people that have sleep issues or wake up in the middle of the night usually have elevated cortisol levels. But I don't want you to see it as like a negative impact because you, you think like, oh, it brings us closer to waking up. It's a stress hormone. 
it can't be that great. But it's actually helping you prepare your body to rev it up, to wake up, basically. So people that feel groggy or even more tired when they wake up and they don't, they feel like they didn't wake up naturally, it's probably because cortisol hasn't met that level yet. It was interrupted. It hasn't increased to the, where it needs to. It hasn't ramped up. And that's usually due that melatonin and cortisol level are thrown off usually due to the fact that the schedule isn't set. So again, it's all about setting that schedule, not changing it too much, you know, going to bed when you normally go to bed. Those hormones are going to follow the same schedule around the same schedule. Lastly, sorting, uh, storing and sorting information. Uh, we talked about this with REM in stage three. So REM in stage three contribute most heavily to your memory and thought process, as well as creativity. Getting enough sleep has been linked to be able to process more information and emotional memories are also dealt with during this stage, which will help you overall, your overall mental state. So some really big benefits here um, to, to completing your sleep cycles. So we talked about dreaming as it related to REM. So what's going on in REM? Why do we have so much, so many vivid dreams or why do we have such vivid dreams in REM? Uh, like I said, dreaming can occur in every stage, but it is most vivid in REM. And this is because of the thalamus. So it's the structure right above the brainstem, which is not very important, but just to give you some context. Uh, it is mostly quiet through the stages one through three. So that's why you don't see a lot of activity during uh, stage one through three. During REM, however, the thalamus is active. So you get what I like to call uh, the theater effect. You know, you, you, the thalamus kind of draws a picture or creates a stage. It, it sets up noises, images, like the set design and, and other sensations that can occur uh, to give your dreams kind of like a play. It gives, it gives the dreams kind of that context or the images and everything that it's showing. And because of that, you may feel emotions. So you may wake up and feel emotions or during the, the dream, you may remember feeling scared or happy during the, those dreams. And you may view them as artificial and wonder, well, why do I feel that way? Why do I feel these emotions? And that's because of the amygdala. Again, your brain becomes more active during that REM stage. Um, and that's what actually processes your, processes your emotions. It reads what's going on in the environment around you in, in your brain, and your brain is reading this environment, whatever it has created the stage, and it's reacting to that environment. So pretty interesting that because your, um, your thalamus has created the stage, your, your amygdala is basically like having to react to it. So that is why you have such vivid dreams during REM and why you react to them the way you do. So here are some resources for you that I used. Um, we can send you the slide deck if you want to see it. it. I basically used understanding sleep, melatonin, and cortisol levels. I know you can't see the links, but they're embedded in them. And Sleep Foundation is actually an organization. Um, so it's actually a website you can click on um, or find on the internet that has a lot of great information for you if you have any um, issues with sleep. Okay. And I want to open up to some questions, um, but just as, as uh, to show what we're, we're coming up with. Uh, Tyler is going over the pain and sleep as it relates to our sleep webinar series. Um, so if you have any questions about anything sleep related, you can go ahead and scan that QR code and we're gonna be going over it in a podcast and everything.